Welcome to Grog Talk. Welcome. I'm James. I'm Dan. And today we are broadcasting from the Theater of Mystic Celebration in the town of, how do you pronounce that, Gareth? Garretton or Garrotton? Garretton, Garrotton. See, I didn't even, you know, I, I didn't even get the spelling right. And of course, our thanks to Val Morrow for uh, hosting us. Right. Uh, a, a very entertaining fellow. Have you seen that Blink Dog Winky he has? Yes. Well, we were talking about Blink Dogs. They're, they're cute little things. And they're lawful good, which is... Oh, so you want to encounter Blink Dog. Uh, if you're lawful good. So we're here to talk about gnomes. And if you've listened to our show for of any length, and Dan is... <laughs> Uh, produ- uh, prominently displaying his gnome cup. What are you drinking today, uh, Dan? Uh, it's a chai tea latte. Oh, chai tea latte. Delicious. That's what gnomes drink. Oh, they do. Okay, very good. Yeah. So uh, we are following in the order of the player's handbook, right? So first was dwarves, then elves, then gnomes. And I thought for sure you'd made a mistake. I had to double check that. And there's, a, there's no way gnomes are number three. That's but right. gnomes are number three. That's significant. Well, it's, it's significant in the fact that it's between the two real classes, the two real races, which is dwarf and halfling. Even, even Gary Gygax is, well, no, there's half-elves. I apologize. But uh, gnomes is number three. You're right. Okay. I was going to make another joke. Let's just say, I think... Uh, oh, you say gnomes are number two? Is that your joke? That's, that's what I was trying to get to, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, for this adventure or for this session, we are going to use again um, in Best of Dragon Volume Three, which I'm holding up, uh, a, Roger Moore in a series during in the late '50s, early '60s of Dragon magazines had compiled uh, the information of the day and created a point of view, which. Uh, as we've talked about, it's an opportunity not just to play a human in a different body and get the stats, but to actually try to blend in some of the role-playing aspects of it. So uh, this first appeared in issue 61, May of 1982, which is acceptable as far as we're concerned. We'll also be talking about what's in the Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, and the DMG. Uh, so this could be a really short segment if I was doing it, and I, I even sent my notes. Got a height check. Huh? Is that a height joke? Yes, this could be really short. That's right. I'll be here all day. Um, They're bad. There's not much more to say. That's what I'd like to say, but that's not a good thing. And I don't mean they're bad. I just think they're derivative. I'm I'm your typical Rolling Stone critic. Derivative of what? Of a dwarf. They're derivative. And a halfling. I don't don't see that at all. Dwarves live in the mountains. Halflings live in burrows uh, and mounds. Gnomes split the difference. Not as deep. Oh, well... They don't. Dwarf. Halflings are real short. Dwarves are short. Gnomes are in between. They're derivative. They are well, the miniature pony. Okay, of, well, let's. That. So, but again, like the Rolling Stone critic who criticized Led Zeppelin, whoever, as derivative and, and ponderous, I, I'm, I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to try to look at this from an open uh, viewpoint. Okay, so I think what's interesting to me about gnomes is that they don't get any penalty or bonus on their rolls. Right. I don't, I don't, that seems strange to me. I guess we could look over at their scores. I mean, they have to have an eight con, so you could give them a plus on, on con. I, does that make sense to you that gnomes don't get any pluses or minuses, or they, they well, don't do anything particularly? Neither do half elves, so it's not that big a deal. Right, okay, so they get no pluses or minuses. 
Right. Um, classes. So what, what can gnomes, gnomes, like many other classes, they can be a cleric, but not as a PC. Only as an NPC. Yep. So there are gnome clerics. Can't be a druid. They can be a fighter. But if you have less than 18 strength, right. you're limited to fifth level. Right. Well, that's what's Winkly Pew is that way. He'll only be fifth level fighter if he survives. Right. So that's Winkly interesting. Winkly Pew. So that's, they can't be a paladin, not surprisingly. Right. Or a ranger. Or a magic user. They can be, and this is the interesting thing, they can be an illusionist. Right. So and that's what, that's that? their claim to fame. Well, supposedly because they are tricksters, and which again goes back to their annoying... Uh, some, excuse me, their endearing qualities. Some mm -hmm. would find it endearing. Most people find it annoying. And the, the idea is they're practical jokers and illusionists are practical jokers. So voila, I guess. And they're tinkerers. Later, they became the tinkerers of the fantasy world. Um, you know, you get that from World of Warcraft and I'm sure there's other uh, fiction from back then. They became these mad scientists. And again, uh, illusionists was part of that. I don't know anything about that. I know. That's, uh, that's, that was during the dark time when you weren't in Right, fantasy. it's like the dark ages. Yeah. And now it's the Renaissance. And now it's the, the Renaissance. The old school Renaissance. <laughs> that's right, we're, these are the classics. That's right, I hadn't really, so I hadn't really thought about that. So it was right. OSR, that moniker. It, some say revival, some say Renaissance. So if it's Renaissance, does that mean we're coming out of the dark ages? That, so, so, so first edition and original OD&D was like Greek and Rome. Right. It was a classical era. That's right. And then it became the Dark Ages. Right. Where it became just full of stuff. And mm -hmm. people survived through it. Crusades. Those edition wars. <laughs> Plagues. Plagues. Yeah, the, the plague. The Mongols, you know. Right. Magic of the Gathering. And now it's the Renaissance. That's right. Now we're in the Renaissance. Okay. We're back. So, no. Or we could be the Rococo era at this point. What's we're, that? That's the, let's, the Rococo, where they made it very flourishing, you know, just... Over the top embellishments. Oh, like the Gilded Age. Or, oh, wait, no, that was in the sixth, seventeenth century. Oh, wow, you're very knowledgeable. Okay, well, right. I need. Okay, if we're gonna start talking history, I probably should get bring Ed here. Ed is the classics yes. person. He would know. Yes, yeah. he's just shaking his head right he's, now. Yeah, he's 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 unsubscribed. So this is what I think is interesting. If you look at the Monster Manual, mm -hmm. gnomes, gnomes. What are they? Rare, common. I'd uncommon? say they're common. They're rare. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They are. They're rare. And, and, and Moore talks well, actually, about Moore this. Moore does talk about He that. says only, what, 1 in 20 right. are of, of a party are gnomes? Yeah, 1 in 20. So, so that's, that's interesting. Gnomes are... So there's way more hill giants that's right. than gnomes. So it would be more surprising. You say, hey, I saw a hill giant. Or a hydra. Or I, I saw a hydra in the swamp. Right. Big deal. Hey, I saw a gnome. What? Right. Where? Show me. Except in parties with us. We, I, there hasn't been a group that hasn't had a gnome. We, right. We are two or three standard deviations off the mean when it right. comes to our frequency of, of gnomes. Okay. But they're supposed to be rare. So they are, so they are rare. And they tend to st stay amongst themselves. Um, they will interact with others, but they're basically, um, I don't say reclusive, but they like their kind. Right. And what, what Roger Moore says is gnomes, this is my fa one of my favorite lines, gnomes seem to have struck a happy meet in between the attitudes of dwarves and elves. So again, they're middle ground of them. I've also, uh, I've put, as presented in, and this was in Roger Moore's thing, as presented in ADD rule books and played in ADD campaigns, gnomes are times 
seem a little too much like dwarves. And I think that's what one good thing about the gnomish point of view that Roger Moore has is trying to make them less dwarf-like. Because at the surface, as we talked about, they're not in Lord of the Rings. They have a lot of features of dwarves, but not exactly. So why just, why not play them? And that's what's good about this article. You get to try to fit them into things. Yeah, I think, no, to me, gnomes are quite different from dwarves. And maybe it's because I'm a big fan of the Roger Moore article and, and have, I've read it a few times. Uh, and so I feel like gnomes are different. Is you know, the, They have much more of a sense of humor. Dwarves can have a sense of humor. But to me, dwarves are a bit more gruff and more serious. Gnomes are more lighthearted. Uh, and uh, it, what I do like about gnomes is that their sense of humor can can be dark at times, right? Well, so, that's the thing. Yeah, they are. Um, they almost have a chip, the way Roger Moore portrays them is they have a kind of a chip on their shoulder that um, they've been slighted by the quote unquote giants, which is anyone above dwarf size, and it's almost like they pretending to be, you know, hey, how's it going? You're my buddy, and right. they, they, but actually they 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 are not big fans of the tall people. Right. Of right. any tall people. Unless you get over their initial suspicion and you treat them, they, uh, you know, they're like uh, Pepe Le Pew or whatever. They are, um, you know, they always uh, have a chip on their shoulder because they think people don't take them seriously. So you have to, you have to sincerely ingratiate yourself to them or else they're going to be like, mm. You're, you're one of those tallies, and we need to bring you down to size. And I think that's... Sticking it to the man is what they're kind of about. And, and I think if you play a gnome, then you want to keep that in mind. So to play a gnome, and to play a gnome well, requires you to be a trickster, right? That you've got this chip on your shoulder, that you're looking to play practical jokes on larger creatures. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that's, of course, why I think it's fun to play a gnome who is an illusionist thief, right? So that's, when you think of, of a great multi-class character, I think of a gnome illusionist thief. Now, gnomes are the only ones, if I recall correctly, that can be illusionist thieves, right? Yes. Because they're the only ones who can be illusionists, except you're humans. Right. So then obviously they can only be the ones that can be illusionist thieves. And that's a very potent multi-class. I, well, maybe potent isn't the right word. <laughs> If you, have, if you have, a, if you have, if you have, and again, this um, probably my disdain for them also stems from the utility value that I present that I thought of them when I was younger, which is zero, uh, because if you didn't have a DM who's going to be creative with illusionist spells and really allow them to find that sweet spot between completely broken spells and completely useless, most DMs would be like, nope, the phantasm force doesn't work that way. It does nothing, and, and eventually they get dumbed down. They don't get a lot of, uh, why would I want something that I have to worry about how the DM interprets it versus Magic Missile, which I know does this amount of damage, or Sleep doesn't. It's, it's back to that certainty. And now as I've gotten older, I think having some of that magic be more mysterious and the outcome not exactly known uh, is not as scary as it was previous to that. So again, it's not as bad. But this idea of, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're very humorous and they're tricksters. Yeah, they're humorous to themselves, but the rest of the party may not find them very funny at all. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That reminds, reminds me of me. Another reason <laughs> more, <laughs> more truth has not been said in this, in this podcast. Uh, my favorite was when uh, it, was, so it was me and Doug were both playing gnomes. We were pretty obnoxious and annoying, no, I think. Yeah. No, it was great. I don't think Lane really appreciated our trickster. But no. see, he was a dwarf. See, that was perfect. That's right. It, that worked out perfectly. That's right. It was, it was very apropos when it came to that, I guess. Now, something that had been pointed out to me 
by uh, Mr. Lysen. Ah. No, it's right there. Sorry, you've got it up there. Right by uh, Chamberlain, his most renowned, illustrious baron, irresistible immolator of Cleveland. And I will be uh, adding uh, uh, Sir Ganey to this evening or tomorrow to okay. put him on the heraldry list. So, Is that gnomes in the Monster Manual, their alignment is indicated neutral to lawful good. Right. Yeah, I just assume they're lawful good. Because I think Roger Moore... He does talk about that. He, and he said they're lawful good orientation somewhere. Right. It's, it's in, in, in this, it's on the third... Uh, column, second paragraph. Page 23, the lawful good orientation of most gnomes. And so that's probably why I was thinking they're basically all lawful good. But this is, now I read neutral to lawful good as meaning neutral good to lawful good, not neutral, not true neutral all the way to lawful good. Would you agree that that's, the neutral is modifying good? Uh, well, In the monster manual. Yes, I would say, yeah, they're not chaotic. I would almost say they're either neutral to lawful good. Well, and I believe... Not, you could go neutral, neutral, good, lawful good. Not neutral, chaotic, neutral, chaotic, good. You wouldn't have everything in between it. Oh, but see, but what about true neutral? Do you say true neutral? Well, they, they, they have neutral tendencies, at least. And the way he explains it here is neutral aligned gnomes are not often prone to be closely involved with other races, with the possible exception of sylvan elves and the rare communities of tall fellow halflings of neutral alignment. And the way he justifies it is that gnomes of neutral alignment are more concerned about balance of the, envir the environment. And that, you know, with the good comes the bad kind of thing. So you see the neutral to lawful good as meaning basically neutral, lawful, so true neutral. Right. Lawful neutral. Neutral good or neutral lawful good. Neutral good or lawful, lawful good. Lawful good. Right. They as would opposed, not be cat. As opposed the, to neutral good and is the only neutral Even though good. they're tricksters, they're not, they, and this goes back to my perception of uh, alignment, which is, is a worldview of how things should be ordered. It's, it's a political thing. Like lawful good is because they have community spirit and they want to work together and other allied beings. It's, it's a worldview of we should work together. Neutrality is about, mm, I really don't care about... Um, political systems and this type of thing, and they're all necessary because it, it, that's the nature of things, that you have, to have, uh, you have to have lawful societies, you have to have chaotic societies, you have to have good societies and evil societies, so they can run the gamut of it. Okay. And it seems that, I would argue, the ones that are closer to civilization and um, they may be more uh, communal, making them more lawful, versus the ones that are more uh, wild and part of the nature would be more neutral. Okay. And, and if you right. telegraph that to your players, that may give them some idea because I've, I've probably read that a hundred times. I still always think of them like dwarves, which are lawful good, not law, neutral to lawful good. Well, now that's a good point. So that is, because I was just sort of thinking of, oh, they can be neutral, that's interesting, and I'll stopping there. But you're right, that does sort of create a difference or emphasize a difference between them and dwarves. Right. So they're... Which they need, desperately. And uh, so they hate kobolds and goblins. Yes, and they get a bonus for that. Which means that you should, if you're playing a gnome and you see a goblin right. or a kobold, you should become, I don't know if enraged is necessarily well, the right word. Yeah, but they, you, you, they get a bonus. They should be, and they will focus on them. Right. You would, and, and, and the downside is kobolds will probably focus on you. Right. Because kobolds, do gnomes hate? Not, not, they don't have as much of a hatred. Of gnomes as kobolds do. If I was my, that's my recollection anyway. From yeah, goblins on page twenty-four. 
of Mortar. Goblins also hate gnomes, though not with a single-minded fury. So single-minded fury. So a kobold sees a gnome. It's almost like yeah, they go berserk. I, right. Not, not like berserk they get the, any modifiers. Right. Well, the, and it goes back to the deities of the situation. Oh, that was hilarious. You can talk about the, the, the you collapsing. Can. That's right. Glar Girgold, that trickster, that funny, happy guy. Yeah. Um, played around with uh, the kobold de- god, uh, what's his name, Kirkulamak. Uh, and so apparently Kirkulamak has, um, he has dinner parties in, right. the, in the hells. He kind of hangs out. I has, th- yeah. I always thought an adventure in that kobold deity's palace, he got to go in there or something, would be kind of cool. Well, that's a gnome in hell. A gnome in hell. A gnome in hell. I love it. That's right. Our gnomes in hell, because we don't have a party. That's well, like next year's. Can Gl- we yeah, it's Glargitter Gold has picked you guys to recreate the festival where on the he, anniversary. On the anniversary. To go in there. That's right. And you got to collapse the wall. It collapse the wall. That would be awesome. You did it again. The little cobalt god screams at them. Be practically pretty high level though. Well, of course. Yeah, I like this. There you go. There's a module. Yeah, I mean, you might even be like a six-level fighter. Right. <laughs> you could be like, <laughs> wow, you have 18 strength? Wow. Bring me the bring me the, the, the hero gnome, the most powerful gnome fighter in all the realm. That's right. I'm here. I'm here. Look at me. Six level. Going to hell. Six level. I'm going to hell. Yeah. To, to recreate the... Uh, yeah. uh, you know, we definitely want uh, our Chamberlain, his most renowned, illustrious... Baron Lysing, or any of our famed DMs, maybe maybe uh, the other Chamberlain, David Thompson, he may oh. he may want to make an Australian version down under. Yeah, we should. I'll see. We're we're one. We're like a week late. Mm. We should have submitted. We should have just told uh, Mr. Ly- I'm sorry. We should have just told Mr. Chamberlain, his most renowned illustrious Baron Irresistible Emulator of Cleveland, that that winning title was Gnomes in Hell. Gnomes in Hell. Well, he he mentioned it. Remember, he was the one who did that. Oh, that's right. So that's why I tied it. I'm trying to tie these together. Yeah. I know for you, it's like almost like you have no. I compartmentalize. Yeah. Last week was last week. You don't remember anything. We're trying to tie it together. This is our first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, based on what we're doing, it feels that way. It uh, it is the quality of a first episode. So yes, there was the grand joke and the cobalt. The grand joke. Is this you refer to it as the grand? joke? All in all, it was a grand joke indeed. Oh no, it's not a. It was. It's from here, it's the grand joke. So goblins hate gnomes, but not single fury, like you said. So what you would taunt, so if you're a gnome and you come upon a kobold, you'd be like, you'd want to taunt him about that event. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially since you can speak kobold. That's right. Can you? I think you can. Which is odd. Right. Wait, or do you learn it so you can taunt them? Right. All you learn is the curse words, or the, right. which is sucker. The insults. Yeah. Uh, all collapsing. Your god's lame. You're tiny. <laughs> that's why are you so short? That's the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> oh, what are you a kobold now? What are you a kobold lover? <laughs> no, but just yeah, you know, kobold, goblin, and, and of course, we, Let, well, we well, have, that's the segue. That's right. You knew it was coming. All right. Well, we done talk. So the, the, before we talk about the powers, let's finish up how the, how the <laughs> powers. The, the, well, this is a true In quotes. Power, powers. One of our viewers is asking where they can find our email. Oh, info at grogcon.com. Info at grogcon.com. They want to send hate mail. <laughs> they want to send info. cease and desist emails. Yeah, it's, this, it's, it's, it's Wizards of the Coast legal department. Okay. <laughs> info at grogcon. Where to send the cease and desist letter. Yep. That's right. Being threatened. Uh, info at grogcon.com. Yep. It's also on our website, grogcon.com. It's yep. probably the kobold's lawyer. 
Yeah. So um, the other thing that's interesting is, again, they, they like adventuring, so that kind of makes sense why they would do that. Um, but, you know, Roger Moore spends a lot of time on the sexual proclivities and imbalances of gnomes, which is odd. Which he talked about dwarves, too, about right. that. And he talks about... There's a about- lot of fetish about the things I didn't worry about when I was 13, how they bred. I didn't care. But right. apparently Roger Moore's You were Moore's just concerned. worried about, how am I going to breed? <laughs> right. I was more concerned about, if I was playing this game, well, uh, was, was, was I getting the bonus to saves, not how the gnomes were breeding. That not, didn't, not will I ever breed? That's right. Not at that point. <laughs> okay. I wasn't worried about it. Later. <laughs> and unfortunately fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, I have I've been successful. Right, well, Nico? Nico's happy. <laughs> so, it mentions that they're basically... for. Now, uh, you know, you could go dark here. Is the reason that there's not that there's supposedly two males for every female? It's like a China or something. Are they eliminating the female gnomes or just their birth skewed? Where does that sexual imbalance come from? Where does Moore get that from? Is that somewhere know. in there? It doesn't in in say. that monster? Because he just says it as a fact. Yeah. And like dwarves, he says. So there, right. there must be somewhere it's, it's, it's said there. I like how you can have courtships lasting hundreds of years. Right. That sounds painful. You want to talk about another dinner date? This is like 50 years of dinner dates. And they live so long. So you're like a six, you max out a six level fighter and you've got, you're going to say well, six level for hundreds of years. Well, that's the same thing with the L. That's the same thing it with is. the L. So you've got 1,600 years and they can only go this level. And, and again, you should just say party balance, but it, it doesn't. You know, we, we have to kind of go back and forth on that. But they, I didn't realize they lived that long. I mean, I've seen the table a hundred times. I just... Uh, I just ignored them. See, gnome, a gnome assassin would be great because, as you've talked about, you know they're motivated by yeah, a similar get them back philosophy, enjoy taking vengeance on their enemies with macabre humor. Right. That's like the Joker or the, the guy from, um, uh, what was that show? The, the guy with the mask. and uh, There's been a lot of them, but the, um, the, the comedy one that made fun of it. Scary, scary movie. That would be, except a short. Imagine a four-foot yeah. scary movie with the thing on. Or, or like, yeah, who was the... Uh, I'm coming to get you. Or the uh, Periwinkle, right? The, what's his name? The It, the it Clown. That's to me, is the dist- yeah. most or scary. Or there, like, a little puppet, a little doll, a little... Yeah, Chucky. Like Chucky. That. Chucky, any of those. That would be, yes. that would be perfect. <laughs> so you're like, right. So, like, you're coming home, and you find your, like, husband's head, mm-hmm. like, on a platter, and right. it's a centerpiece for dinner or dinner, something. Dinner, and it says yeah. dinner is served. Dinner is served. Right, right. <laughs> Helping you get ahead. That's right. Today. He lost his head. Yeah, you have to do all his bad puns. Right. Yeah. That's You do great. that with audible glamour, because I think you, can you be an illusionist assassin? Because if not, I would allow that. I totally will allow that. I don't think you can. You can't, but I would totally do that. An illu- yes. I mean, you can be an illusionist thief, so why can't you be an illusionist assassin? That seems to be know. amazing. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's half orcs can only be that. Yeah. So half orcs can be cleric assassin. So some of these combinations. I mean, if if one of my players, that would be the, I would be a derivation. If they wanted to play an illusionist assassin, I would totally think about that. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. But okay. they'd have to, you know, it'd have to be psychotic Joker kind of thing with that. And eventually, the paladin would have to kill them. But for that time when they were trying to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you know some of my players, if you could imagine Dud as an illusionist assassin mm. with Lane as the mm-hmm. paladin, 
that's gold. That's comedy gold right there. That would be... <laughs> the sessions would write themselves. The new like, Faf and Great Master. Yeah, you could have a little ventures, those two. Just those two together. Right. So um, what was interesting here, he mentions uh, as some of his reference here that he went over was The Three Hearts and Three Lions by Paul Anderson, which I guess, and The Enchanted Pilgrimage by Clifford D. Smith. So I started researching uh, Three Hearts and Three Lions because that is a very famous book when it comes to D&D. It was inf- very influential to the formation of Dungeons and Dragons. I've never even heard of it. Okay. Wow, I've learned something new. Yes, it was because it was... It was a series of articles in a magazine that was compiled in 1962 or something to that effect. And apparently Guy, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, particularly Gary Gygax, wrote. And one of the things it uh, was claimed to fame was that it was the first Law versus Chaos. It was one that had the alignment, the initial alignment system, which okay. OD&D had. Um, and it had a, uh, a Hugie, which could have been a gnome, but really was presented as... Uh, as a dwarf in, in the book. But Roger Moore in, in Dragon 49, uh, Hughie was depicted as an AD&D gnome fighter. Oh, okay. So there you go. Okay. So that's the general, they're sneaky, they're, uh, not sneaky, they are mischievous. Mm-hmm. They have, they're, they're the guy who has, you know, laughs at his own jokes and sometimes, and maybe it's, if you're in on the joke, it's great. If not, there's a lot of that shenanigans that you have to deal with. So that's very different from a dwarf. Right, dwarves who are, who not, are what? Yeah, they're not dour funny. and taciturn. Right, right. And they're not they're very funny. Different. That's why the Scottish thing I don't quite get. Maybe some Scots are dour. Again, I don't know enough of them, but the ones that we see played, they're they can be very humorous. Well, I think they're humorous in a different sort of way, okay. not like a. You know, just kind like, of a wry uh, comment here oh, and there. Okay. Well, they're right because they, they like to tease. You know, some more says that they would make a joke about how they hand single handedly right. or what they, are you worried their bravado, about. Their bravado maybe come off as, as humorous. Right. I got know, you. What, the old what is it? You know, certain death, whatever. <laughs> what are we waiting Let's for? Let's go invade our certain death. Yeah. Right. What like are we that, waiting yeah. for? That's right. Poor Scottish. Nico does a good Scotsman. See, see, this is the difference. Is that the gnome is the dwarf is saying. Certain death, whatever, what are we waiting for? Right. And that's his joke. What he doesn't realize, he's like sitting in a thing of like whipped cream. Ah. That's because the gnome, that's the gnome style. Right. The gnome's and, not- and then he fails his dex check and, and they're all killed. Because, <laughs> right. right. That's always fun. The, the gnome's sense of humor is not so much like, it's not like a stand-up routine, I don't think. Okay. You know? It's, the gnome thing is annoying, and, and if, if, you're part, if you're another gnome, it's hilarious, which why, that's why for you guys it was good. I think you guys played it well. So let's talk about what the advantage is. Now you've figured out that you're going to play it as an annoying... If you're an annoying person, gnomes are great for you. Right, it's in your wheelhouse. Because then just you can do I'm you. just playing my character. It's just me. Play, it's you just get an opportunity <laughs> to be annoying, and you can blame it on the gnome. That's right. It's not me. I wouldn't do this. My, I'm just playing my character. Well, that's what D&D is anyway. Like I slaughtered a village. Hey, that was fun. I get to slaughter a village. Yes. And no, no repercussions. I'm not going to jail. Well but, uh, well, but that's where the DM's supposed to intervene. Well, D&D repercussions. Right. Not real world. Wow, that's almost as bad. You, you see some of the reactions my players have when something bad happens to their characters. They you flipped. You, <laughs> that's the real world. I don't mean they flipped out. They, that's the real world. They, they, Going to work is not their real world. They're a horror. They would be horrific. So let's talk about their advantages that they yes. have. Why do I want to be a gnome? Right. Why, well, okay. that is an existential question that I've answered a long time so ago. I, I don't. So I get some pluses. 
I get, right, so they're highly magic resistant, like a dwarf, right? Right. So I get a bonus of plus one for every three and a half points of con ability. Yep. Right, just as dwarf characters do. They have infravision. They have infravision. Like a dwarf. Like a dwarf. They speak a lot of languages, which well, is- look, 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 That's the most powerful thing they have. Do not step ahead. Let's wait for that. That's the next paragraph. I know, but I'm not doing it in order. We're doing it in order of power. Saving throws. Oh, black. okay. So I can detect a lot of stuff. Right. Det- like, no. Detect, uh, like a dwarf. Great. Let's compare these. Detect grade and slope and passage. No, I have an 80% probability. So they have a better grade and slope and passage. Which makes absolutely no sense, but okay. One thing they can do that the other things can't, that is more powerful is they detect unsafe walls, ceilings, or floors, which no, which dwarves cannot do. They can detect traps. Oh, so it's unsafe wall. It's just unsafe walls, ceilings, or floors. Yeah, I was using that as my gnome during the thing, and I detected it, and then I still fell. Which again, thanks, John. Appreciate that. That was awesome. So dwarves. Dwarves are able to do sliding or shifting, sliding or shifting walls or and, rooms and traps. Invo- right, involving pits, fine box, and gnomes can do unsafe. But unsafe is such a broad word. Well, floors and ceilings, so they can detect basically shoddy. They're building inspectors. That's what they can basically do. Oh, I think that's right. So in other words, they wouldn't be able to detect a trap. So let's say you've got a falling block trap right. that's going to come down off of a ceiling. Yeah. Would you could I don't... No, that's not unsafe. That's a trap. You wouldn't see... Well, it is unsafe. <laughs> well, it is unsafe. <laughs> yeah, but it's not unsafe because the construction's falling apart. Okay, so you're viewing the unsafe walls. Yeah, so they're walking down, and they're just like, oh, yeah, this is not up to code. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. The Osh- they're part of the Gnome Guild. They'd be like, oh, I, this, we cannot mine in these conditions. Exactly. Okay, they can do depth underground better. Like a dwarf. Better than a dwarf. And direction. Which they, the uh, dwarves cannot do. Oh, and they can do the direction. Okay, so there is some, so it doesn't just stack. No. So it would make sense to have both a dwarf and a gnome because right. they would have different Yeah, you should have abilities. all the race. I mean, if you're going to do it, you'd have all the races involved. And the whole fellow, the whole, yeah, except they didn't have four, gnomes. Four halflings? Exactly. Four halflings. And, <laughs> well, they just, because you'd assume they were going to die horribly. Anyway, okay. so you have that. They have, uh, they must, act back to the actively seeking. And as if you recall, um, the Chamberlain, his august potency, Archduke, the shrewd guardian of Australia, has mentioned he is adjudicated, and we have agreed with him that that's a 10-minute deal. He was right. There's no right. I mean, adjudicate means that's the rule. You right. guys found that, right? It's, he, he pointed in, out. In, in it's the, in the back, in the, in DMG. the back of the DMG. So, yeah, so it's 10 minutes right. to do that. Right. In so theory. everyone quiet. Right. Yes. We should take a 10-minute. We should, we, should we just... Should we do that now? I feel like most people have, have rested by turning us off by now, but I don't, I, I don't know that <laughs> a for ten a 10-minute break to... Yeah, 10-minute break. A real-time uh, concentration. Yeah, no, we're still, we're still hanging in there. The, the people who are the there... The Gnome Nation has turned out. Gnome Nation has turned out, that's right. Okay. We were up to nine at one point, and they're like, oh, God, this is going on and on. We're and then they big. subtract four when the other, the monster does, right? right? If they're big. But it's only gnolls, bugbears, ogres, trolls, ogre, magi, giants, and or titans, and we've decided that you play that as written. Right. Which is that don't argue that there should be a minus just Etten's, because it's a right, large... Right. 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 That Etten doesn't get a minus If, if you're going to play it rules as written, um, this one, again, the only one that doesn't make sense is Titans. All the other ones I'd be okay with because they fight them. But the whole... How many Titans are they fighting? 
Oh, you, oh, oh. You, you're not familiar with the Gnome Titan? No, the, war? T- the war of whatever? No, the Third Age? No, I don't recall. That'd be a good model, too. Gnomes against the Titans. <laughs> Gnomes versus Titans. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Gnomes versus... That's right. Would, and, you, and they get minus four. That's right. Things are looking good. When I think a six-level fighter, he's got 18 strength versus a Titan. Hey, I just got back from hell, man. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, haven't you heard of me? I defeated a cobalt god. <laughs> hell and back. Have, that's right. T- Titans are nothing. That's the one that doesn't make sense. Again, the other ones, they fight because it's much larger creatures. So why wouldn't the Etten or everything else? I, I, uh, I don't know. It's, that's the only one I have a little weirdness It about. doesn't bother me. Okay. Okay. So, the most important thing. They know lots of languages. They know lots of languages. So, they know Dwarvish. Yeah. Right, gnomish, of course, yep. common, of course, mm-hmm. halfling, and then they know goblin and kobold. So that's interesting. Those are the ones they hate. So it's like let's like it, the British learn French. I think that's right. You've got to learn know the language of your enemy. Right. Just because if you ever encounter some goblins, in order to increase your chance of killing them, you want to be able to understand what they're saying. Right. Listen to what they're right doing. Right. So that's, do we agree? That's why yeah. they know common and go, they're, they're taught that, know they, the language of your enemy. They know what Briarch is. And, right. They would not know that's oh, a... Oh, They know Briarch. Right. They would not know that's a, they know what Briarch stands for. And they know Titan. And they, they, <laughs> I don't think they know Titan. <laughs> that would be amazing if they knew Titan. They better learn it. So now let's talk about what makes gnomes special. Right. They can communicate with any, any burrowing animal. Any burrowing animal. To so me, then, of course, always comes up. Can that, we should have a segment. Can no, that it's not burrowing burrow? animal, it's mammal. Oh, I'm sorry. Does that, do things burrow that are not mammals? Boulette, ank egg. Oh, okay. An ank egg is not, oh, it's an insect. What, it's, it's like a spider. What a is bug. a mammal? It's a, really? Yes. It breathes. It has mammalian uh, qualities to it. That's the most scientific way I can say. Mammaries. All right. It's a, breast, it's a breastfed baby. And it's live birth, if I remember correctly. Thank you. Is that sounds about right? Yeah, sounds about Sorry, right. Sorry, there you go. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't have a chance. My researcher here didn't, doesn't have to look that up. But okay. That's what mammal is. As All opposed right. to an insect, which, you know, leeches out. But there's lots of burrowing things. A zorn, umber hulk, they all burrow and dig. Okay. So, which would be amazing. Now, if they could do that, I would be gnomes all the time. Come here, egg cake. Come here. Can I talk to you? Yeah, that'll go well. I'd like to speak with you, NK. Purple worm. Yes, purple worm. worm. Can I have a word with you, sir? My good man. Yeah, there's so many, uh, so many things that would be awesome. Okay, so they can speak to any burrowing mammal. Mammal, right? And, and they so, give examples. Right. So then the they give examples. Yes, moles, badgers, ground squirrels, etc. Right, and then of course the question becomes: Can this? So can a can a giant? Is a giant rat a burrowing mammal? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, yes, that is the question. Oh. And I've appreciated when you've allowed that to be yes. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be chin, you can't be chintzy on the burrowing animal thing, can you? Well, the thing is, their burrows honeycomb many graveyards under oh, rats. So they burrow, there's burrows. So if they, if they have burrows, they would have to burrow in. Right. So I, unless I they're agree using, with you. Well, wait, unless they're, uh, Unless they're uh, squatting. Well. Using somebody else's burrow. Get out of here, mole. I <laughs> this be- is my burrow. They're, they're bullies. They're burrow they, bullies. They could be, but I would say they are burrowers. So. And they're mammals. And they are mammals. Are they? Yes, ma- rats are still mammals. So they suckle. Yes, correct. 
my guests. <laughs> They're adorable. And now we make the video of the giant rat. Suckling. Watch suckling. Watch the, the maternal rat taking care of the brute. That's, and now causing disease on the human that came by. That's how oh, we turn into NPR. And today, <laughs> we talk about... Fresh the, talk. Su- fresh talk. We'll talk about the suckling <laughs> and the giant rat. Suckling rats here <laughs> on Fresh Air. Welcome. James is an expert. You can study Mammologists it. of the highest order. <laughs> Cambridge, Oxford, Tampa. All, that, all those brains of yours, you've decided to do what? Right. Mam- of Mam- world Mam- hunger? That's right. No. No, memories. Thank you. <laughs> of the giant rat. Of the giant rat. I spent 25 years purveying them, searching for them, for the ultimate rat. And then I got my, finally got my PhD. <laughs> That's right. 25 I'm years on, later. I'm on the tenure track. But I couldn't find a job teaching <laughs> about giant. No one cares about rats. I should have gone to law school. That's right. Well, my mother was right. She was right. She hated me. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. So, all right. Burning animals. Okay. So let's talk. So the first thing. So I think if, if you've got a gnome in your party, mm-hmm. the DM right off the bat has to be aware of this. Right. This is significant. Correct. Because they need to be aware that the player character is always going to be saying, is there a burrowing animal in the area? So you need right. to be ready to go. Right. Like that you locate animal, you better have the frequency. <laughs> right. You don't want to be like a deer in headlights with, is there a burrowing animal? You want to have a list of burrowing animals in the area. In your area. In, mil- in, mil- in your milieu. If you have a monster in your adventure, mm-hmm. you it arguably could be a burrowing animal. You right. want to figure it out in advance. Right. So that way you're not Googling where they're having debate over where they burrow. And I guess the next thing then is, so, so how would you do that? So I'm in a forest, mm-hmm. and I say, hey, is there any burrowing animals? How would you handle that question? I, mean, I would say absolutely they are. They may not be in calling range. That would be the question. Like ground, a, ground squirrels, of course. They're, ground squirrels are everywhere. Okay, so I, see, I'm probably going to find a ground squirrel. So. I would say they're common. I would roll 50%, just like the locate ammo, 40%, at any one time. All right. So that, eventually, that, that they're in calling distance. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what a calling of a, you know, whatever, whatever the gnome is doing, some kind of guttural click sound that he's going to try to emanate. Oh, that's true. He's calling out to them yeah. like a duck call. I had like a dolphin sound. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Whatever it's clicking sound, you know. Okay, so let's get to what you want to get to because you're very upset about this. It sounds like that or something. I don't right, know what okay. it sounds like. Yeah. So what is what does the a squirrel level, sound like? What is the level of commun? Okay, a squirrel communicate. What's a squirrel's intelligence? Now there are squirrels, and I think Monster Manual Two has squirrels. Well, yes, I and I, I. Well, it's going to ch- be animalized. I, chast- right? I chastised Monster Manual Two. I didn't know why we needed a stat block for. Uh, See, I squirrels. like that. We almost di- we disagree on just about everything. If you don't like it, it's a zero sum game with us. What you don't like, I like, and vice versa. Like, I like that. I'm like, that's that's the only good part of the thing is that they had a squirrel. An ordinary, common squirrel? I need to know yes. the frequency? You don't need to know frequency. Armor class? Yes, I'll tell you why. Because I had a druid as a, uh, a player, in a pregen, and obviously the druid is going to need to have an animal, right? So, say so Rob... Yeah. One of our listeners pointed that out. Well, I had a druid without an animal. He's like, look, you know, the reality is the druid is going to have animal friendship. They're going to have an animal with them. So the next time I had an animal and I picked a squirrel, but I need, and I, there were the stats. That's you. Do I need to have a, do I need a steroper or do I need a squirrel? I need a squirrel. Well, the, here's the other problem that I have with this. They're overpowered. They're In overpowered? Yeah, overpowered. Number attacks one. It's a squirrel. And it does one hit point. 
one hit point. The squirrel is not your cannon fodder. It's not your red shirt. You're not sending, the squirrel's not like. One hit point's tremendous. You have, tw- if you have six squirrels and they all attack a poor oh. human, look, reality says. Oh, you mean said, it's too much. It's too much. And when you have a half, is there half hit points and quarter hit points in there somewhere? I don't I know, but the point is, if, you have, if, if six squirrels attack the human, they could take out a zero-level peasant. You don't see that running around where they're assaulting the pet. Oh, my God, it's a ground squirrel. Look out. I bet you that can happen. No. If they were aggressive enough, six squirrels could take out a small person. Yeah, common gray or red squirrels will only bite in self-defense, but now they're, the druid is compelling them to assault people, right? Back whoa, to the eco-terrorists. Whoa, whoa, Back whoa, to the eco-terrorists. Whoa, 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 Why is the druid compelling? How does the druid... Okay, I'm a squirrel and you're a druid. Okay, animal, and I'm your friend? friendship. Those humans, those farmers are cutting the trees down. Assault them. No. Defend the forest. No. Animal friendship. I'm you're your friend. You're my friend. So, they're like, if you us. tell me to kill somebody, I'm your friend. If, if you told me to kill help somebody... Help me help help the forest. No, I don't see. Rocky. Okay, I just see. I think friend. It, it's not. It's not like. So what's the uh, what's the spell like? So what, charm animal. Charm per right. Charm animal. Charm person. I'm not charmed. I'm just your friend. I'm not going to do. I'm going to try to help you out and be a good guy. I mean, my friend. You know, it's sort of like if you asked me. Mm-hmm. So I think we're we're kind of friendly. We're tea. So we're so, tea on the chart. So if you asked me to drive you to the we, airport, we were good. Now we're closer to the tea. Or to okay. move. Or to move. Help you move. I'd be like, oh, man, I'm sorry, I got, you know, I got, got something happening that weekend. I'm not going to help you move. So there's level, right? There's clearly levels of friendship. The squirrel's not going to do anything. The squirrel is not He's going been trained. You can teach him tricks. Attack is not, I, Typical, assault somebody uh, th- isn't a that trick. That are taught to a dog. You can teach an attack dog, right? A dog is not normally an attack dog. You teach it how to become an attack dog. But would a dog. You, you take Lassie and you make him a vicious killer. Animal friendship. It okay. will it will follow that the druid about and he can she can teach three specific tricks or tasks for each point of intelligence it possesses. Typical tasks are are taught of a dog or similar pet. They cannot be complex. It's not complex. Uh, Kill. Do you, do you think? And all of a sudden, aren't six more like roll over and fetch. And then six squirrels assault the poor peasant farmer. They have almost let's say AC ten. They're less than one hit dice. They almost have a fifty percent chance to hit. And they do one point. They will slaughter. That's going to be the adventure. That's the next adventure. The no, no, psycho that, druid that sends happen. the squirrels in and wipes out a village. And I don't know why I talked about half a hit point because you can't do half a hit point of damage. So right, right. it's one. But so they should do zero hit but points. The, no, but, but the point is like, overpowered. They're poking your eye out. One's on your face. If six squirrels attack you, I'm telling you, that's not going to be pretty. I'm going to survive it though, unless it has rabies. No, because right. eventually it's going to cut an artery. It's David, going to cut your neck. David Thompson <laughs> says that. Uh, He's the Archduke, right? Yes. Animal summoning three, you can summon 16 squirrels. Right. That's what I would do. Now, forget about the dinosaur. I'm doing 16 squirrels. I'm assaulting you with 16 hit points of pain. So you, do you know what you've just done? You have just, you have just, you you took the animal summoning spell, which you were saying was terrible, and you've now just shown how it's awesome. Well, that would be an incom. This is another incomprehensible death. I'm walking in the forest. That's what I would do. That's right. I'm walking in the forest. I, I'm. I all I see are squirrels. Like, oh, there's nothing in here, and I get killed by a squirrel. You're feeding them, this- and like out from behind a tree pops a druid, and he's like, attack, <laughs> kill. Yeah, it's a and there's t- a gnome laughing. His gnome buddy's laughing. It's, it's hilarious. Right. 
And yeah, as they feed on your carcass, yeah. the, the squirrels are talking to the gnome, going, "Ooh, this human's good. It's blood spurting." Because right, you know, right before that, this you is have, a horror show. Right before that, have you said, "Why you're so plump, gnomes? Why are you so plump?" <laughs> feeding on the carcasses <laughs> of, the, of the squirrel is so. Yeah, this is disgusting. Let's talk about what this level terrible. of communication you can have now. Uh, well, okay. so so well, so okay. So, How about kill? Can they communicate? Okay, but so it's kill. not animal friendship. Right. Animal friendship is the spell. I agree. I right? agree. They, they're not charmed by the gnome. And they they're not even your, necessarily your friend. That's true. Like, but they're neutral. you, gnome? But you can be like a gnome assassin. You'd have to roll your, uh, well, you're a, new, a, a reaction gnome assassin. roll. Yeah, you have to roll a reaction So what roll. you're telling me is your charisma affects your right. ability with a squirrel? Now, this is where if we went back, <laughs> to, if we went back to last week where you had, remember we said the, if you have a low charisma, the only thing you could be is a gnome assassin. The lowest thing you could be is... Uh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, the five or below charisma it makes you an assassin? Right. Because if you're five or below on any of your attributes, don't you have to be something? Right, yeah. And so the five or below... Has to be an assassin. So if you have a gnome, the lowest uh, charisma is three, so you could be a gnome assassin. And then you cut yourself up to make yourself... Ne- is that the grog line? Is that the see. grog line? Hold on, we hear something. Who, who's that? Well, no. sometimes it just makes noises now. I got a new phone. Oh, you got I a new phone? Congratulations. I see your pain. Here's the type this then. I did get a new phone. Why is it making sound? It appears to be nothing. Okay. You get an email? Someone's going to be out of the office next oh. week. <laughs> That's great. great. Great compelling thing. Yes. <laughs> so a gnome assassin, he'd cut himself up, get to horror level, and terrify the squirrels. Wait, he cut himself up. Yeah, remember we talked about how if you had injured harp. Do you remember? No, no, no. Wait a second. If you if your scores go below after your initial rolls, that you don't you're not forced to be something else though. No, no. My point is he's an assassin, right? Because he only has let's say three charisma. Right, right, three charisma. He decides he's going for the horror thing, which Rob right. Ritchie mentioned. Right. That if you get so he he starts cutting himself and he becomes maniacal. He becomes right. negative one. Like then you terrify. You get instantly attacked or terrify one hit dice creatures. He goes to the forest. He summons the squirrels. They're terrified in fear of him, and he uses them as a as a mammalian army of death. Wait, how does he summon the squirrels? By calling out to them. Oh. You know, whatever he says. Okay. And the squirrels oh, okay. come out, and, they, and then they're horrified from him. We're talking about the they reaction. Are. Right, right. So they would be, because you, so you would do a roll. Right. So what you think... And they instantly attack, and then the gnome gets killed. If either they kill, either he becomes an army of, of, of squirrel attackers, or they kill him. Can he turn them, like, in, no, like, evil he, cleric, and follow him? <laughs> I don't think he can turn them. Maybe they're undead squirrels. Monster Man, that's another good entry. Un- don't they have undead... They have undead animals. Animals. Like yes. skeleton animals? And squirrels, yeah. And then that's you, good. So this is where it would be nice if you could be a cleric. Why does a no? Und- a- Wait a minute. A cleric assassin gnome un- NPC. Cleric uh, assassin undead gnome 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 who who's disfigured them? So you disfigured because right. we disfigure you lose right with a negative one charisma. If you get to negative one, you can do horror. You can and then you attract undead animals. Undead animals, or you make undead animals. You raise. Could undead- you be an anti druid? That'd be awesome. <laughs> There's so many. Andy there's Gertasson. so much here. There's so much here. So you think that a burrowing animal is neutral? I, I, so you have to do a. No, I agree with that, but you have to do a reaction roll. So if right. I, so if I see a squirrel, so what you're saying is what I should have done is had a reaction right. roll. And so your charisma affects. Of course. Okay. I would. I mean, charisma is this mat. I've obviously can communicate with the squirrel. My charisma. I have the same commu- charisma that I do with other things. Right. It's, it's somewhat, it's obviously intelligent enough to communicate, so mm-hmm. 
I, I have a mannerism that I, my reaction or negative should be applied to that. Okay. So the gnome really should be, if you're going to be a gnome, you want to, you, the takeaway is you should have a high charisma. Right. Because if you, I would argue, if you could be, you could potentially befriend one, positive, right? If you get a, let's say a 95 on a school. Sure, that'd be everybody, yeah. Basically, I'd be going around the forest trying to talk to all of them. Like, well, and bringing nuts and berries so I could have a squirrel to come with. Would you let me start with one? Because the, I would. The, the monster being says that what there's badgers, right? And John, badgers, John graciously yeah. gave gave my wink winkly pew a um, prairie dog because I gave a backstory that we were out in the plains and I was talking to prairie dogs and I got a prairie dog. Yeah, that's that's good. Because I, I, I communicate to prairie animals. I was going to have a gnome. I rolled up a gnome. It was going to be my character when I was going to play. Of and course. He had a, That's uh, like saying right? you always roll up a gnome character. And he has have a ferret named Bubbles. That's great. And um, Is that a burrowing animal? Confirmation yeah, I looked it up. <coughs> Wolf that rats are burrowing animals and mammals. Oh, very good. <laughs> so this is why we crowdsource some of this stuff, so we, we don't get this situation. Right. Okay. Yeah, and wolverines. You know, 10%. Um, 80% are like to have a tamed animal to serve as guards. 70% are badgers, 20% giant badgers, which is, are they bigger than the gnome? Yeah, they're pretty big. I hope there's not a revolt. And two, to, and then wolverines. Well, they, dwarves have bears in there. Right, right. Yeah. So you could, and this is where, again, prairie dog, squirrel, great. You know, I think he let me have three tricks, and one of them is take, it's not, not attack. A, it's not, not attack. attack? No, it's not attack, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So he's got one hit point, but I don't think he does any damage. That's the part with the but, squirrel that I had an issue. But they can, I think they can be very useful sure. to do scouting missions. Exactly. Right, to go and take a look around, mm -hmm. come back. If you can communicate with them, go out, go look, come back. What do you see? So what you see is basically the equivalent. You're trying to backdoor an animal friendship spell. You're a gnome. You, you're going to look for a burning animal. You want a reaction roll. You're going to keep doing it enough times. Right. You've been attacked several times. <laughs> You've been, been bloodied and mauled by a bunch of <laughs> but you, yeah, but, yeah, but you should have seen the squirrel. Right. <laughs> you just, you, and, and, and then eventually you get, you roll, what do you want, roll low? I think you want to roll low. Roll high. High. Yeah, you want to roll high. You get a zero, zero. Yeah, you get the double lot. And so he's your buddy. He's your buddy now. And you they, feed him. You feed him and he becomes your Which buddy. Which is why somebody mentioned this, and this is a good idea. When you're a gnome, you should always bring around like some cat food. Cat? To feed to the animals, yeah, well, because it helps, right? Or because trail it helps mix or something. Trail like that, mix, yeah. something that yeah, you're the animals you're the like. creepy guy in the park with candy. Right, <laughs> you're just going around and right. come here, little squirrel. Right, all just you're trying to be. You're the gnome in the white van. You're, you're grooming them, basically. Right. Okay, you know, you're in the white. Yeah, 90, wagon. 96 or above enthusiastic. <laughs> the white van, <laughs> enthusiastically friendly, immediate acceptance. That's right. what you're looking for. Okay, friendly. So friendly. So they are your. Friend. Or friendly, immediate action. Either one is good. Okay. Now, they don't have to stay that way the whole time. Obviously, if you send them into, um, I would say at that point, they would have to train with them. And that you would not have the situation like, you know, poor, what was your name of the ferret? Whatever your name Bubbles. Was. If Bubbles got whacked and you got yeah. Bubbles the second, it's not going to be the next day you ingratiate yourself with Bubbles and he does the same thing that the first Bubbles did. Yeah, and I think dogs are different than a... a You're a specious. A squirrel. Yeah, but, so, are you, you know, if you tell the squirrel to attack, I don't know if you're going to train to attack something much larger. I mean, they're not stupid. Dogs attack things that are much larger. Well, squirrels aren't stupid. So, so dogs are stupid? If they're attacking something much larger. 
Well, they're semi. Dogs are semi. Dogs are above animal? Dogs are semi. Not animal. Apparently not. Rats are semi, too. Rats are semi. Mm -hmm. I wonder what ants are. Ants are not mammals, though. Is that yeah. right? I can't have a giant ants ant. <laughs> I can't have a giant ant. No, you can't. I'm pretty sure they suckle. No. <laughs> I don't think they do. I think I saw that once. No, on they have low. Oh no, that's I'm sorry. They have animal. Yeah. Okay. What about they have animal. what about squirrel? Not so you are, oh so semi's pretty good. So you want a burrowing animal that's semi. So you really do want a rat. Oh, like scabbers or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Scabbers was that on uh, Harry Potter? Yeah, it's animal. But or you could get a giant black rare squirrel. Of course, they're evil, and they're one plus one hit dice. Oh, so you could be an evil gnome. Right. You worship that deity, that, that what, that mole mm -hmm. deity, and you have a giant black rat. Right. As your friend. I like that. That and sounds awesome. Well, that's what the assassin will have, don't you think? A right. giant black squirrel? Uldin, the, the right. crawler that's below. Right, you worship your right. assassin, and you've got a... A giant black squirrel. Right. And they're... And they're evil dark forest. They're malicious and will attack weak or helpless creatures. Yeah. So you don't have to trade them. Yeah, the <laughs> only difference between the squirrel and the giant black squirrel is the black squirrel has is woke. It realizes its mission is to murder other right. people in the forest. The other right. squirrels are, are docile. So you could have, and that's the, the giant squirrel would talk to the other squirrels and tell them, be free from your bondage of being nut gatherers and assault. Yeah, what's humans. wrong with you? Right. Why are you doing that? Follow me. Yeah, exactly. I let's, love it. Let's take down that have we helped anyone Water with this buffalo. gnome thing? Have we helped with gnomes? Have we, have we, what's your thought oh, about gnomes? Okay. Has anything changed well, about gnomes? Well, well, before we leave burning animals, okay. what's the level of communication going on? Because I think the players, of course, wanted to be like, hey, squirrel, right? where's the dungeon, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, How many if, ogres have you seen? Right, but if you have animal intelligence, I mean, yeah, I would animals say, talk like that? Animals aren't, it's very yeah, limited. Yeah, you would be, well, you'd be able to communicate, you know, have, have, Cold, hot, where water, you know, things that food, scary, where's, you know, show me scary creatures like us, yes, no, something like that. It would have to be very... Okay, very limited. Limited. Okay. They're not going to have a, you know, Descartian conversation of the duality of mm -hmm. man with them. Well, my, uh, my opinion has not changed in gnomes. I think, I think, I love gnomes. Yes. I think gnomes are, are great. He's showing the cup again. Right. Uh... Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, I, I think the fact that a, your DM might hate gnomes is all the more entertaining to people who want to play gnomes. Well, it's not. It's not just the DM. The party dislikes. Them and too. that's and that just makes people who play gnomes that just makes them happier because well, that's the gnomes love that fact that they're annoying and, everyone and, else. And one thing, while again, players can be whatever alignment. I think if you were trying to play them as type, at least described here. They shouldn't be chaotic in nature, they, no. but that's what people do. They, trickster becomes this chaotic neutral thing, which again, back to, they play practical jokes, but they're in line with their ethos with it. Yeah, because the practical joke is more in the micro as opposed to the macro. Right. I yeah. mean, They're not just going practical... off in random things of craziness. You're right. I like practical jokes. Oh, you're an anarchist? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? All right. I think that's enough of that. We're ready. We are now ready for our suggestion. Suggestion. Who's going first? Um, I will go first. So uh, my suggestion is, you know, when I'm not watching reruns of our podcast on YouTube, which is frequently, 
because uh, we want to make sure our views as high as possible. I've been binge watching this uh, YouTube called Dungeon Craft. He's a relatively new YouTuber. Apparently, he wrote for Dungeon Magazine at some point. His claim to fame. And Dungeon Magazine. I've never. Heard. Yes, you have. It was from nineteen. Well, no, when did it come out? Nineteen eighty-eight. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have heard them. Exactly. You were sorry. Exactly. Bye. I apologize. Uh, there was a magazine after you fell asleep in the dark time, and uh, had dungeons in them. And so, uh, good take on it. And he helps. And what I do like about it, if you're interested in modeling and building uh, miniatures, uh, he's he's done a lot of cool things about how to speed paint, um, create things. Uh, also has a very gritty, uh, old school way. Even though he's using the newer versions, uh, he has an old school mentality. So, for instance. His first, uh, his the way people create characters, you roll three characters at once, 3d6. Um, you can arrange them, but that's 3d6. And the first adventure is basically all these 18 players. Let's say you have five players. There's 15 characters. They have no weapons. They're not. They're zero level. And the first adventure is any of those who survive become first level. Mm. So it's literally first edition, you know, and you have nothing. Yeah, just yeah. You call so then you, the, the idea is oh, there's a trap door. Send you have three characters. Send the one you don't care about, and that makes it epic. So there's a survival thing, and if they survive the thing, um, so it's it's a good take on you know we like not just first edition because it's nostalgic, but we like the style of play that it has, which is the characters developed during the game, not with a huge backstory. And so here it kind of squares the circle of. Your farmers, your peasants, you came out of the town, you're trapped in a dungeon, you know, the goblins have captured you or whatever the thing is. You escape, those who escape, now they've, they become, they start doing the thing. So, uh, very entertaining, does a very good job, so uh, Dungeon Craft is. And um, if you're interested in building things, he, he makes it pretty easy. Okay, and you know, So, hope, I hope you fail your save. That sounds, that sounds like a great suggestion, and I'm going to actually change my suggestion based on your suggestion. Okay. This is why I go first. Exactly. Because I'm going to recommend an adventure called Treasure Hunt. Treasure Hunt? You, are you familiar with Treasure no, Hunt? No, I'm not. You start at level zero. So it was a module where you start at level zero. And so it reminded me, uh, your suggestion reminded me of it because I thought it was a great idea. You start at level zero. You don't know what class you're going to be. And based upon the way you act during the adventure is going to dictate what class you're going to become. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I haven't run it. So I'm always hesitant to recommend an adventure that I haven't run it. Because I really think the way to know how good an adventure is is, is to actually run it. Uh, but uh, it, I've read through it, and it sounds quite interesting and quite good. And I thought, you know, certainly at the time, I think it was a novel idea. What is, what, where, do you, where can you find it? Well, I assume, I don't know if uh, Drive Through RPG has it online or not. I think I want to say it's N one. I can't remember. Uh, what's that N one? Oh, what's N one? Curse of the Curse yeah, of the Four Repco. or something. Level zero says David Thompson. Ah, there you go. N oh, four. Okay. Th- thank you, uh, Arch the Chamberlain. Yeah, his august potency, Archduke, the shrewd guardian. Is he a of the Chamberlain stone. or Archduke? He's both. He's the Chamberlain. He's his august potency, Archduke, the shrewd guardian. He's the Archduke of Australia, but he's the, he's also a Chamberlain. He's the, basically the defender of the House of Thompson. Don't ask too many questions about the titles. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that it would be a great way to start a campaign. So with N, N4. So it's N4, we think? Okay, thank you, David. Um, great. Um, so I think we've jibber-jabbered up. We have to work on our module because we got it. We got two, what do we have, three weeks before? I think it's two weeks. Two weeks, yes, two weeks before that. So we got to work on that. Um, so again, we're on YouTube. 
We're at Twitter, at Grog Talk. Our website is grogcon.com, where we have all the latest information. We're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio. Please like and subscribe. And if you want to be alert, oh yeah, we have to do that. Uh, hold on. Um, so please like and subscribe. Again, we, we do this because we have a lot of fun. We're very thankful for the folks who are listening and, and really participating, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so if you find it interesting, please uh, go on. And I think, you know what our goal should be for subscribers on YouTube? M- 61. 61. Very good. I think it's a good goal. I think we could make that. All right, so we're rolling D10. To see how What do you think? So maybe, uh, Nico, what, on 1 to 10, what would you? What do you think this episode was? I mean, ten, 10 being the best, 1 being we shouldn't have. I mean, we're going to find out for real, but so it's just uh, what you, the prediction. 7. Do we get a modifier? Is there? A, do we get a modifier? For, you know what's bad about it is mm-hmm. since you know that he was being kind, right. you have to probably subtract divide, four. You I was probably really thought it two, was a three. Three and a half. Yes, three, and blow, and a half blow three or four. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was five and point seven eight. You know, yeah. The average fare for us. Yeah. It's, it's I like this format. I appreciate Nico. Again, thank you for... Oh, Nico of, definitely added a couple points. I'm going to yeah. give us a four. Okay. We were two without Nico. All right. Thank God he was here. Let's roll. Let's find out. Is yeah. this? A, do I have that right? Is uh, yeah, it's a ten side. It's a six. Six. There you go. Above average. All Congratulations. Right. Yes. Okay. Very nice. So we rolled the six. Um, so finally, uh, if you have uh, pictures or future items of guests, again, our, our fair friend from Sweden um, suggested some some uh, sessions or, or podcasts for us. So we need to add that to the mix. I think we're gonna. We still have half um, halflings. We have half orcs, and then we'll have to decide if we're gonna do uh, ones from the book that shall be not named, because uh, there's other player character races you have. We'll have to talk about that. I noticed we didn't talk about Cernevolence. Well, I think if we're going to do those, those are 1.5, and we're just going to have to decide if we're going to do that. But if you have other items of topics or guests that you think we should have on, we're always interested in that. We'd love to hear your feedback at info at GrogCon or at Twitter. So for uh, Grog Talk, I'm James. I'm Dan. And thanks for listening to Grog Talk. This has been a Bushy Puppy production. All rights reserved.